Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, September 25th, 2022. Coming at you live from Florida Media in Rockville Center. Another great show coming up for you tonight. Special guest co-host Chris Botta sitting in-house with me tonight, filling in for Christian, covering some baseball team in the Bronx, whatever's going on out there. Some guys trying to hit some home runs or whatever the case may be. We got Brian Compton from NHL.com joining us. A lot of fun in store. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me tonight, Mr. Chris Botta. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. It is really exciting to be here. I am pumped for this Islander season, so thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Let's get it going, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And of course, your favorite podcast providers. Before we get going, just want to remind you guys of our sponsors. We are proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. New location at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. And of course, at UBS Arena in Belmont. Also proud to be sponsored by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the game when you can't make it to the game. And also very proud to be sponsored by brand new sponsor, Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A, 2nd Street in Mineola. There you go. The stable shaker right there. Mr. Botta's hand. Cheers, <laughs> to everybody. Cheers. So, folks, with that out of the way, let's start talking about Islander hockey. The puck has dropped on training camp. Pucks are on the ice. Sticks are on the ice. Very excited about it. So, Chris... We have a new man in charge, Lane Lambert. He's the guy wearing the cap, blowing the whistle these days. Just your thoughts, you know, to start here on on him taking over, filling some very large shoes in Barry Trotz. How do you feel about Lane Lambert taking over here for the New York Islanders? I like personal stories. I like Lane Lambert. I like what I hear about him and have always heard about him since he entered his coaching career. So he's somebody you root for, no matter what it took to get here. We have no reason to rewind on that, but this is a good man who in his mid to late fifties has earned this opportunity finally And that's exciting to me. I'm interested to see how he deals with the media because your life changes as a head coach because you talk just about every day or around six days a week before the game and after. So as a PR person, I'm also interested in that. I did always enjoy uh, Trotz's insights. I know Lane will bring a different approach, but I'm rooting for him. I'm excited for him. I'm also optimistic about him. I think he's going to do a great job for the team. Yeah, he's certainly put his time in, no question about it. I mean, he's been with Barry Trotz for so long, and, and now it's so it's so interesting now to actually see him at the helm leading the charge here and, and taking the interviews and, and handling the media now. I mean, I'm still personally getting over <laughs> Barry Trotz not being the head coach, but I do feel good about Lane. I think he's going to do a good job. I'm excited to see you know what f- fresh material he may bring to this team. We'll see how, how close he sticks to the Barry Trotz way, I suppose. But uh, you think... You think he might deviate a little bit, try to, you know, there's been talk about maybe bringing some more offense into the game. You think he might play it safe and and stick more to the the Barry Trotz two-way system, if you will. I don't expect radical changes. I think 
things to look out for is, for example, if Robin Salo meets, uh, makes the team, whether he gets unleashed a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, a little more from the defense, like you said. But other than that, it, it's not even just about deviating from what Trotz put in and put in successfully for three out of four seasons, but you have to deal with the talent that you have. And they're coming back with the same lineup. One more thing I want to add about Lane Lambert sure. is the, the odds let's be real, aren't really in his favor when you look at pro sports across the board, right? Mm -hmm. I was part of Islander teams, and I worked on Islander, for Islander teams where Lauren Henning came in and that assistant didn't work out. Barry Trotz's assistant reared in after winning a Stanley Cup it was a disaster. Uh, yeah. it, it didn't work out. Whether that's, you know, Todd's a good coach. He continues to get good associate uh, head coaching jobs. But this is more the norm when the, when the popular assistant replaces the successful head coach, it has often not worked out, partially because it's a tough act to follow. So sure. that's another storyline and a, a, you know, a reason why I'm rooting for this guy, Lane Lambert, to change that narrative around. The good thing about it, and we'll talk about it more as, as this hour goes on, is that like I think we're going to have a really good idea of how successful he is and this team is early on. It's you know these first couple. I'm not that excited about the preseason. I'm not going to lie. To you. That's probably not good for you know a podcast you know on September Thanks, 25th. But I am really really excited for October 13th and the weeks to come after that because that's going to tell a lot of the story. This is a huge, hugely important start to the season for this team. No, you're absolutely right. Probably one of the more important Octobers in a long time for this team, especially just. You know, like like we're saying here, Lane Lambert taking over. You have a normalized schedule now where they're actually starting at home. Uh, they'll be hosting the Florida Panthers, I believe, on that October 13th night. So it's a great way to start the season. I think it, it begins with a four-game uh, homestand, actually. So they can really come out of the gate, hopefully, with maybe some success. And then you can maybe get a little belief not only out of the team, out of the fan base, and say, okay, maybe this Lane Lambert error might start off, uh, you know, might actually be something good to watch. And I believe they will. I, I you know, I don't, I don't expect doom like we saw early last season. I don't expect them to just explode out of the gates. But I do expect that they will be good enough to continue to build the excitement into November and December. This is a team I have the expectation of them making the playoffs. I know I don't think they're going to be a popular pick outside of maybe even Long Island sure, or parts sure. of New York, and I get that. By the way, all the prognosticators outside of New York who've almost famously got this really wrong every year the last four years, right? Mm -hmm. The one year where they thought, okay, now we believe in them. Right. It didn't go so well. <laughs> right. So, you know, who cares? Love those people, but, you know, <laughs> nothing personal, but who cares what they think? Right. Uh, this, is, this is a fascinating season to me because they are running it back. Uh, mm -hmm. the forwards for the most part are there. That wasn't the plan. Let's not kid ourselves. The GM himself said it wasn't a plan, right. but that's how things worked out. And now that we're here, now that the wounds of Gaudreau and, you know, JT Miller and everything, like, now that they're gone and training camps <laughs> open and the weather was a little bit cooler uh, tonight, it's really, um, it's exciting to me because I know people are counting them out but I look at that roster, I look at those goalies, I look at their four or five defenders you could really rely on, mm. and I say, that's a playoff team. So let's get going, folks. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Robin Salo's name before, and let's kind of 
focus on him and and maybe some other names that, that might end up with this team. Now, obviously, it's only the first couple of days in training camp. So you look at line combinations, you take them with a grain of salt. It's kind of just the coaching staff feeling things out, right? So we're not going to look at, you know, day one and seeing uh, was Simon Holstrom and Zach Parisi lining up with Matt Barzell. Could we see something like that when the puck drops in October? Maybe, like Parisi, but do we really necessarily expect somebody like Holmstrom to make the lineup? Probably not, but it kind of gives us some in, insight into to what Lambert's kind of looking at, right, and to see who, who, who he can get going. And he starts with Robin Sallow out of the gate next to Scott Mayfield, so maybe that's something he's looking to, you know, get those guys used to each other off the bat here. Maybe he has some big plans for Salo as a full-time defense with this team. This has been pretty commonplace with NHL coaches early in training camp for a long, long time. And I like it in this case, especially with Salo. We know there was some rumblings about Salo. You remember when he wasn't getting some of the call-ups and, right. oh, well, you know, well, Robin wasn't one of the better players in Bridgeport. That, 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 that was pointed. There was a reason behind that. Holmstrom is a first-round pick. You know, the, the numbers are not great in Bridgeport. Right. But I think what's happening here is, and I give credit to Lamorello and, and Coach Lane Lambert, Lambert for doing this, I think this is their way of saying, here's your chance. You know, it's not in November, it's not in February. Here's your chance from day one. Show us what you could do. Surprise us. Now, I think Salo is there, and if I had my choice, I'd rather Salo not handed a job. You want to make sure, sure. he's in shape and they, he looks okay. But I'd like to see them just kind of take a little bit of a risk and run with that guy because we know who five defenders are. I'd like him to be one of the other ones and get that shot at the NHL level, living the NHL lifestyle to see, because I think he has the most upside. We know about the other guys who are in the job in the hunt, the Ahos and Grant Hunt Hutton, who are very reliable mm -hmm. uh, people. Uh, Aho, not so much, but they, he seemed to be a favorite last year. Um, mm -hmm. That's what's happening here. Do I think and Lay back the tape in a couple of weeks. Is any <laughs> chance that Holmstrom is going to be on preseason line? Well, for starters, the numbers don't add up. Seth, right. uh, Sean, the I'll get that right when he's there. The, um, <laughs> the uh, you know, there are guys on one-way contracts. There's about 14. You go, you look at the roster, right. including right. Ross Johnson, including Bellows, for example. It, it's rare, but they're saying, hey, Holmstrom, here's your chance. And sure. I like that very much. It gives a little edge to the start of camp. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess just the fact that you've you've, you know, working for the team previously, you've kind of had an insider's perspective of training camp. And is there like any method to that, you know, when you look at a coaching staff and what they're trying to accomplish? I mean, again, we can look at the roster and pretty much determine who's going to be there more or less give a give one spot or two but I mean maybe just you know being around the coaching staff you know do, do they ever like maybe give you insight on what they're looking for when they're bringing the bringing the players out here and, and, and what they're trying to accomplish leading into the first uh, drop of the puck what they're really looking to do I'll give you one from a coach's perspective and, and kind of a little player thing from the coach's perspective they want to get to practice as soon as possible. Okay. So I think you're going to see cuts fairly early. You'll see a couple of guys kept around and be given a chance. But if you're Lane Lambert, you can't wait to have your 22, 23 guys and have an Islanders practice. Now, one good thing I noticed is the last exhibition game, I might be off by a day or two, mm. is the eighth. And then the first regular season game is the 13th. So you got another good couple of days of practices sure. there. But they, they're not looking they, they, in the days and now this has been going on a long time of one-way contracts we know who's on this 
team for the most part, especially at forward right. and at goal. So I think he's going to be anxious. Holmstrom surprised me. Great. That would be a great surprise to happen. Yeah. Um, to anybody like that, if somebody wants to emerge, that's great. But let's get down to my numbers. From a player's perspective, one thing that, that I've always been amazed with through the years that I was at camps and continuing to follow it is how guys just kind of go through the motions because they think they have a role to play. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the players who are on the bubble mm -hmm. or players on their first camp. My suggestion to them would be make an impression. Sure. If you're getting in that lineup in, in MSG, make them remember your name. Like, I don't even care if it's, if you flub once or twice or if you go out of your way to run somebody through the glass and you miss it. And so, I'm, I, you know, you want to see somebody trying to grab it. Steve Webb came at the <laughs> camp, and, and I, I never saw anything like it. We didn't know who he was. He was one of 59 guys there, and at his first camp, he's a bright guy. And he said, you know what, when we leave, we were at uh, Twin Rinks out in Hop Hog, or mm -hmm. the Rinks, Jerry Hart's place. Mm -hmm. And his attitude was like, I might not be that good. Mm -hmm. I might not have any chance of making this team, but they're going to They're gonna know I was here today. And I would say that to Simon Holstrom tomorrow. Don't do the thing. Don't go through the motions. Don't right. go out there and give everything you got in this one game if you get that chance and then the one after that and for uh DeFour and for somebody who you know doesn't come to mind who might be a bit of a long shot give the coaches and Lou they might laugh they might even say oh man <laughs> he's not ready but he's he 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 gave blood right I, you I want to see that and and I know coaches do as well right on well, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And, of course, your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Brian Compton of NHL.com will be joining us. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand-new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. The line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill. 
your home for New York Islanders hockey. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And of course, your favorite podcast providers. Joining us right now on the line from NHL.com, Mr. Brian Compton. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? Doing well, fellas. How are you? <laughs> We're doing good. You're with me here and Mr. Chris Botta filling in for Christian Arnold. Thanks a lot for hopping on with us here. Uh, so, look, let's talk about, let's start off by talking about Lou Lamarillo's summer, right? He, he's obviously doubling down on this squad that they had uh, coming out of last season. He didn't make a lot of moves. He brings in Romanov. How do you feel about that, I suppose, decision, whether he was forced into it or not by not getting the guys he wanted, or, you know, just the fact that, hey, I'm, I'm putting faith in these guys, and we're going to run it back, and we're going to get back into the playoffs? I think it's a bigger upgrade than people are giving it credit for, Johnny, to be honest. Um, nothing against the Dano. From what I've heard, the impact that he had on all the guys in the room uh, will be invaluable moving forward, especially for a guy like Noah Dobson, but... Um, the speed wasn't there, right? I mean, that was just a huge void um, after losing a guy like Devontae. So Romanov comes in much younger, much quicker, uh, very physical. Uh, I don't know if he's as physical as Chara was, but um, he's, he's a solid two-way defenseman. I think you're going to see that um, they're going to be a lot better on their blue line here this season. Yeah, I think that that's without question. I mean, just with all the speed and, and, and the puck movement that hopefully we're going to see out of the back end, that'll trickle down to you know, more offense out of the out of the forwards and whatnot. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. So you have a lot of pundits now looking at the the outlook for this season. And, you know, they go from Stanley Cup contenders a year ago, now where you have a lot of people saying they're not even going to make the dance here. So I kind of want to see where you fall on that. Um, it sounds like you're a little positive about where they're going just from your, your first answer. But is this a team that can make the playoffs? Uh, if, if you feel that way, where do you see them seeding in the Metropolitan Division? You see a couple teams making some big ads, getting better here in the Eastern Conference. And do you, st- do you think they still have, have the chance here with this squad to, to go deep in the playoffs again, especially with a new coach in Lane Lambert? Yeah, I'm not buying in. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the whole – they're going to win the division, Charlie, but – I'm not buying in that they can't make it. I think last year was such an anomaly. I mean, between the way the season started with that long road trip, uh, the almost the entire team had COVID at Thanksgiving, and they had to play all those games with only a handful of regulars, right? Um, and it just they just never could um, get back on the on the right track, and they they just you know they 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 struggled scoring some goals late in the season. Um, but I think the pieces are there for them to make the playoffs. Can they go on a long run? Um, we'll see. They certainly have the goaltending to do that. Um, I think people are kind of forgetting just how good Ilya Sorokin was, even though the rest of the team wasn't all that good last year. So if they can put some in that and be a little bit better in their own end of the ice, I think that that'll be fine. With you there, Brian. And just to, to look around the league here, obviously you have the Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup champions. When you look at the moves that were made over the summer, I mean, with, with the Avalanche in mind, who else would you say going into this season are kind of the class of the of the league right now? Who are the teams that you're looking at as those cup contenders if, if a team like the Islanders has kind of fallen out of that conversation, so to speak, the, right now? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay still belongs in the conversation. I mean, it's relatively the same team from last year. They lost a guy like Palat. That's a big loss. Um, but you still have Vasilevsky between the pipes. You still have Victor Hedman playing 26 minutes a night. 
Uh, they still have a lot of weapons up front, so I think they'll be fine. Um, curious to see the impact that Matthew Kachuk has on Florida. That was obviously a huge trade uh, in late July, I believe it was. So um, they should be a pretty good team. And then out west, you know, Columbus is still the cream of the crop for me. Um, I'm very curious to see uh, what a team like Vegas looks like. I know people would like to see them back in the playoffs, but um, their goaltending is a massive issue um, between, I think right. it's the Aiden Logan Thompson. I mean, we don't even know uh, if, if Lauren Persaud is going to play at all this year, so or when he's going to come back anyway. Um, so Vegas is a team I have my eye on, but I'm curious to see how their goaltending shakes out. Is there a team that you look at over this summer that improved the most to you? Maybe a team that maybe wasn't in the playoff conversation that made some ads here. Obviously, Gaudreau going to Columbus. You have Ottawa making a lot of moves this summer. It looks like they're serious about getting back in the mix here. Is there anybody you look at and say, hey, these guys got a chance to make some noise and get in and cause some trouble now? Um, that's a good question. I mean, Ottawa certainly got better. I don't think that they're a playoff team just yet. I mean, Columbus, you get a guy like Tony Gaudreau. Clearly, they're going to be defensively. Um, they have some pretty good goaltending. Um, I'm not sold on their defense. I mean, they what they got uh, Erica Branson. I mean, that's not a massive upgrade on the blue line. So, <laughs> right. uh, look, they're obviously going to be better, um, and they could obviously win some six five games over the course of the regular season. But once you get into the playoffs, as you guys know, it's not the way you win games. So I'm curious to see how the Blue Jackets shake out too. For sure, for sure. And another question to focus in on the Metro here. Is this finally the year when when teams like the Penguins and the Capitals age out? Because I've I've been looking for this for probably the last three years or so. Like, all right, the, the stars are getting older. You look at Crosby, you look at Ovechkin and these guys, and they keep finding ways to produce. They're just so super talented. It doesn't matter that they're into their thirties now, and it seems like they're still able to you know put the puck in the net, keep those teams competitive. Is that something we're going to see more of this year, or maybe we finally see a little bit of a not only them tailing off, but but maybe a changing of the guard in the Metro that we're all already starting to see with teams like Carolina and the Rangers coming up. Yeah, I think between Washington and Pittsburgh, I think there's a better chance of Washington take, taking a step back, Johnny. Uh, Mike Sullivan is a really good coach, and yeah. Pittsburgh you know, those weapons up front. Uh, the D is a little curious. You know, they, they bring in a guy like Jeff Pichy, but, you know, Matheson had a pretty good year for them last year. I was curious about that trade a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I could see the Caps taking a step back. Obviously, you get a guy like Darcy Kemper, uh, who's a bonafide number one in this league, but I just don't trust his health. Uh, I think that that could be an issue. Uh, and if you lose Kemper, they're, they're in a whole lot of trouble. You don't know when Nicholas, Nicholas Backstrom's going to play again. Um, obviously, you still have those those key guys like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, but they need other guys uh, to, to step up, like a, a Connor Brown or a Dylan Strom. We'll see how that goes, but I could certainly see Washington taking a step back for sure. Hey, Brian, it's Chris Prada. How are you, buddy? Uh, who is this? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Nothing. Good to talk to you. I hope the summer has been great with you and your family. Uh, I have two questions for you. One is, I was hoping that you could, as somebody who's been around Lane Lambert, uh, I was wondering if you could also explain to us and to the fans your perspective on how big that leap is from going from the assistant coach, even if you're the top assistant, to the main guy with the same team and how Lane's life now has changed, especially with media responsibilities, but also overall responsibilities, communicating with the players, communicating with the staff, um, and, yeah. how, and how you think, knowing how important those roles are, how he'll do. Yeah, I think he's a really good coach, Chris, and I'm really happy he's finally getting this opportunity. He certainly waited long enough. I know he was up for the Anaheim job a couple of years back, and when they gave it to Dallas Aiken, so 
Uh, we'll see how he does. I wish I could give you guys a better gauge about his personality, but when you cover <laughs> Team Amarillo's world, you're not allowed to talk to the assistant coaches. Um, so it's hard for me to say. I know he, uh, he coached a few games when Barry lost his mom back in January. Uh, he seems like a really nice, polite guy. Um, he seems like a fiery guy from the videos that uh, we saw when, when, he, when he was coaching with Barry in Washington. Um, the players seem to really like him. Just seeing uh, some of these interview videos that I've watched over the past few days, you know, as you guys, I'm not covering the team anymore. So, right. but it, it sounds like uh, he's really raring to go here. Uh, like I said, he's he's waited long enough. Uh, the players seem to like him, so it should be a pretty good fit. Excellent. I wanted to ask you, you know, kind of more of a, a, a kind, uh, fun, personal question. Uh, you know, I, I imagine at this point a lot of people. Uh, who follow you and have read you all these years do know about your personal connection to your team through your dad, who I also knew is a journalist, a well-respected journalist in the New York papers, uh, covering the Islanders, covering the NHL, and, and being an editor for all sports. But can you share just like your earliest memories with him, with your family, and and how his role and your connection to this team formed and maybe what your earliest memory of it was? Yeah. Very first memory would have been when he took me to a practice at Canyon Park in Hicksville. Must have been 82 or 83, um, somewhere around there, just meeting all the guys and, you know, being all excited in the car to meet them and then getting there and basically soiling myself and not wanting to have anything to do with any of them, just being really shy. Um, and then the first game I went to with my dad was Kenny Morrow's overtime goal in, in game five against the Rangers, which... Uh, my dad says I spent the majority of the night with my hand over my ears because it was just so loud. The Coliseum was shaking, but uh, I still remember it uh, vividly. Just going to the game with him and uh, Kenny scoring that goal and then us just celebrating in the parking lot of walking back to the car. Uh, really, really cool moment for sure. You got spoiled with that game, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I've just been granted one last question uh, as, as, <laughs> as, as the guest. It just made me think about it. Then when you start coming around to the Islanders in a professional or at least early on semi-professional sense, I know you got a million of them probably from our time working together, but any of these standout hysterical moments that I think or interesting moments or eye-opening moments that I think you could probably tell now all these years later. I'm sorry, I cut off there at the end, Chris. That was the Just, question, I'm sorry. What do you remember about your early days coming around to the Coliseum when I would see you and Mike was around and, and what that experience was like? Well, I, I remember you granting me a, like a 45-minute sit-down with Mike, which to this day, Chris, is the best interview I, that I've ever been a part of. I mean, say what you want about the moves that Mike made and everything that he dealt with over the course of uh, his tenure as GM, but that was just a fantastic interview. He gave me so much wonderful stuff. Um, and the first game I covered uh, was the Martin Luther King matinee against Ottawa. There was probably like 5,000 fans in the building. That was when Butchie was coaching. Uh, and the only thing I really remember, aside that, you know, aside from the fact that they lost, which they did a lot back then, uh, Eric Cairns got thrown out of the game. Uh, and our good friend Mark Herman tried to ask him where he was in the locker room because we had to wait like a half an hour to talk to him. And, uh, as Kit Carrington being the fiery guy that he was, just said none of your effing business or something like that. I was like, whoa! I'm like, this is the real deal now. So that was a, <laughs> an eye opener for sure. Wow, um, I actually do remember that game. There was a, I, be, I could be wrong, but I believe Carrington uh, might have had a an error in the game that led to a goal. And, yeah, and, and, and he 
something, and then he, 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 I think he got an unsportsmanlike penalty that gave the centers like a four minute power play, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, and that's like one that. of, yeah, and that's one of the interesting things of the job that I did and Kimber does now is that those human moments, and I think I talked about it on the podcast that I did last season, is that like don't forget about that. I, and nobody's looking for sympathy, right? Nobody's looking to say that these guys don't have a great life or whatever. But Karen's, right. Karen's in that moment took that really hard. And I remember there was a little stretch in those 30 minutes, which to me felt like an hour by that point, where like we actually didn't, it wasn't, you know, I think he went for a little bit of a walk. And I, I was always in favor of that. Like, if you need to take some more time, I'll even, you know, if there's a fine, right, if a team's going to close the locker room because they have to work things out. There's not, I, I am always that person who wants the people to do the interviews and be accessible to the media. But if an athlete, in this case, a passionate, you know, an unbelievably passionate guy like Cairns needs more time or even needs to take a pass once or twice a year, I'm okay with that. So um, I didn't mind the Berman moment because it's human, right? Like he, <laughs> it actually was not his business. He did make himself available. It was a matinee game. Berm couldn't say he was on a tight deadline because the game was over at 3.30 probably. So uh, great memory. Wow. The many, as you started to say it, I started living it back. So thanks, buddy. <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> well, well, Brian, thank you so much for giving us some time here tonight. Congrats, big congratulations on the promotion, and uh, look forward to having you on down the road. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Absolutely. Thanks, take it easy. All right, folks, that was the great Brian Compton of NHL.com, giving us a great spot there. Now, Chris, you know, you're talking about these these old moments from, from, from back when, and it, and it kind of, you know, inspired a question from me where you have all these interactions with the players and, and the coaches and stuff like that. Were there any players during your tender, tenure with the team that you kind of endeared yourself to that obviously you have a pro- professional relationship with these gentlemen, but was there anybody who you always said, might have said to yourself, now he's a good guy, he's a good guy. It's nice to have him around the locker room, that uh, sort of thing. I, I, honestly, I'd, I'd be naming dozens, if not hundreds. And sure. I, and I, well, that's good a, to hear. And I'd be a corny answer. There, there, were, <laughs> there were a couple that, like transcended into friendships, especially early on in my early years. Mm-hmm. When I started with the team, I remember Bill Torrey asking me to kind of befriend a particular player. We'd gotten in a trade. Now at the time, it's hard to believe now looking at me, folks, I get it. But at the time, <laughs> the guys on the team were my age or in some cases older. Sure, right? yeah. Uh, in this case, this was a player who had some uh, things in his past, you know, more like behind the scenes quiet stuff. And he asked me to, to uh you got to keep an eye on them like in, yeah. in a nice way. And that's a friendship that, you know, endures to today. I'll keep it private because I already said he came with some baggage. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, there have been times on the thing I did last year on the podcast where I'd be like, hey, I'm going to – I'm going to list like my top 10 personal favorite Islanders <laughs> to work with. And then I'd go into notes on my phone and I'd be like, Scotch, Weeks, a coin. Then I'd start thinking about when I started Bassin, Conroy, like guys who were unbelievably gracious with me in my first days on the job that I'll mm-hmm. never forget. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know, I'd have 40, 50, 60. Like it wouldn't be fair to right. name certain ones. Right. So, um, so many of them, so much so that like, you know, like I didn't like Kirk Muller, you know, like, like <laughs> that's I, easy. I could actually like <laughs> neither name, did anybody else. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'm sure Kirk is a pretty good guy and everything like that. Right. But you know, I, I, my thing was, I also, I never felt like he told me or anybody else the truth. So mm-hmm. like he stands out. Okay. Um, but other than, so my point is I could actually, I could name one or two that I just, it just never worked. And I never liked and he didn't like me. Yeah. You know, we just, mm-hmm. but I could name, 
honestly, I can name more than a hundred that I could, it would be really tough for me to say this one was better than that one because they were just so gracious. And I, and I'll say, look, as I get older, I appreciate those things even more. Sure. I think I did. I think I did that. Um, and the cool thing is like when I did the show last year was, you know, guys who just rolled through for a year, like fee show or, you know, for, for brief tenure, right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or even Adrian, who was only with us four years. It was so nice. Even the ones I wound up not getting on the show yet just hearing from them and, and, and like picking up where we left off. So um, it's uh, something I'll always, uh, you know, I, I don't miss working for the team. I miss those things. Though. Sure. No, it's great to hear that the list is so long. Incredible. You know, that, you know, there's so many, there's so many players that you can actually just, you know, run down and say, good guy, good guy. I mean, and because you hear that all the time about hockey players, how they're kind of um, maybe the friendliest athletes in the game. And, of course, maybe that comes from a biased point of view with us sitting here and, and us being such, you know, passionate lovers of the game. But it's always nice to hear, you know, stories like that when there's where there's player a player or players that just kind of endear themselves to the people that they work with behind the scenes and the fans and whatnot. It's, it's always good to hear. And, and, and some of the stuff is earned too, right? Like there, I, I think of, uh, I remember Eric Cairns, I, you know, had a moment or two with him. Webby, who I'd mentioned earlier too, we have it out or it'd be more like they'd have it out with maybe mad about something that happened media wise. Or mm-hmm. I remember Webby was called a healthy scratch on a broadcast, but he was injured uh, and he was mad about that. It was a, you know, it was a, a an innocent, accident by the broadcast team and we fix that but in the moment this is a proud guy right who fights for every shift he has and i'm sent to go see him and i'm i'm a little nervous because it's steve webb and he is furious at me and and we work through that you're right steve yeah you know he made the case he's like i'm I'm not healthy. I, I, I'm injured. There's a, I would, you know, I would do everything I can to be in the lineup. You need to understand that. And I like things like that. I will never forget. And those kind of moments make it even more rewarding to me that, um, it wasn't like everything was just great all the time. You had your little arguments, you worked things out. They had their disappointments. I occasionally might have one or two with a guy who wasn't making himself available, but we worked through them and, uh, I'll never forget it. Right on, right on. Well, folks, let's take it to the What's on Tap segment brought to you by R.J. Daniels. Eddie, cue it up, please. And now it's time for What's on Tap brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, folks. It's time for What's on Tap brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. And we actually have some games on the slate. Now, they're not going to count yet, but preseason starts Tomorrow for the New York Islanders, they go to Madison Square Garden, 7 p.m. tilt against the New York Rangers. So we finally get to see some Islander hockey that will be broadcast on the MSG networks. So, hey, hockey is here after that Tuesday right off the bat. You have the Devils. They're going into Jersey for a 7 p.m. game against those guys. And then you go a couple more days until Sunday. They're playing the Philadelphia Flyers at home. So hockey is on the docket. That is what's on tap for the New York Islanders. The, the, re, the score will not matter. <laughs> now, right. the, the, none of this is anything you folks don't know, right? This, the final score will not matter for any of these six games, I believe it is, they have. Now, if Holmstrom plays, you want to watch that. You want to watch Salo. You want to watch certain guys. You want to watch Ro- Romanoff, right? Um, yeah. But whether they go 6-0, and 0-6, oh, 3-3, oh, and, three and three, you know, whatever, matter. that won't matter. And then, man... October 13th, uh-huh. that date, right? Oh, boy. Like, like, and I think about 
back just quickly when I worked for the team. Sure. We were often not good, as everybody <laughs> knows. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would have butterflies. I remember thinking, you know, looking at my colleagues in the press box as the anthem would be played. We'd be starting the season wherever. And, and we'd have butterflies because, God damn, like we needed to win that very first game. Right. And I'm not saying this team is as desperate as some of those ones, mm -hmm. but I think there's going to be that feeling. I don't think, I think we were excited at the start of last year. Obviously, you know, things yeah. got derailed. We were excited, but there was a, there was a comfortability as this team. This is a good team, right? Now we don't really know how right. it's going to go. Right. New coach, some tweaks to the system, mostly the same team. Um, so enjoy the exhibition games, watch for the individual uh, performances, look out to see what lane who seems like he's very close to the vest. Mm -hmm. But, but if he says after, these are things to look for. If he says after the game, uh, you know, I was really impressed by this kid or that kid, that's, that will mean a lot. Right. A lot of the other stuff won't mean that much. The only thing you're rooting for, no injuries. Yes, that few injuries or minor <laughs> injuries. Yeah, I mean it's always it's always a downer, right? When you get through a couple of games of preseason, somebody tweaks a knee or tweaks something, and they're out for a couple of weeks or whatever the case may be. So hopefully, that doesn't happen for the Islanders this year. The NFL preseason, right? Everybody knows is an absolute joke. Even the commissioner of the NFL, I know you don't follow this one, <laughs> but even the commissioner of the NFL has talked about, Roger Goodell has talked about going down to just two games. Mm. Stars in the league, or not even stars in the league, don't play a down in any of the four or five games, and then they play the first game. And at least the NFL is somewhat acknowledging what a joke is. It doesn't make it any, I don't want to say a joke, it doesn't make it any, the other leagues are no more important these games. So, um, but these are the things that are worth looking out for. And it's hockey. It's enjoy, enjoy it. But right. save your voice, save your heart, <laughs> save, save everything, your stomach for when the thing really kicks. And yeah, this got, year, it's going to be huge. It's plenty of time to stress out. You might as well wait until October 13th exactly. to start that. All right, folks, that was what's on tap. Why don't we move it into the hero of the week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for hero of the week. When you hear that song, we rattled off now. Granted, again, no games. But we do have a new man behind the bench at the helm, so we got a unanimous hero of the week here between Chris and myself. We're going to go with head coach Lane Lambert taking over for the New York Islanders. It's real. He's running preseason. He's going to be behind the bench this year. Obviously, when we get into some games now this week, we'll have some, some on-ice heroes for you. But right now, it's Lane Lambert, and of course, it is brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels half-price hero, which this week is the Selly. It features grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, mushrooms, and mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. Mention Hockey Night New York at the Huntington location and get it for half off all week until we name a new hero next week. Lane Lambert, to feel good story, I believe he's somebody a lot of people around, including adversaries, are rooting for. That longtime assistant who's getting his shot, well-liked, well-respected, played at every level, coached at every level. If I was going to do an honorable mention... Talked about a lot about you know my time with the team. I would say everybody else in the in the in the staff directory. And the reason why I say that okay. is when when you don't make the playoffs, and I know the schedule's been you know the seasons are a little bit different these last couple of years. You don't make the playoffs. You then spend every day, other than hopefully you get a little vacation, getting ready for these moments, right? The PR staff or their media staff, the social media staff, the ticket sellers. Not easy, right? When the changes don't come or the obvious ones that all of a sudden it makes it easy 
easier to sell tickets. Sure. The marketing folks, the arena folks, the operations folks uh, at UBS and with the team. And uh, this is their moment. Uh, you know, they hopefully enjoyed some of this off season. Now things <laughs> get real and they get real quickly. And uh, having done it and, you know, most of my close friends other than my childhood friends are people who do what they do. Uh, and maybe they do it in other organizations too. And yeah, I'm rooting for them because uh, it, life is so much better when your team wins, right? When you do what all those yes. folks do, like you don't have control over that, but it's a lot better when you're in the race. It would it would be nice to see this team hit the ground running once the uh, yeah. Also, the also it's more fun doing a podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we are we are all rooting for wins here for for multiple reasons. That is for sure. But folks, that's it for Hero of the Week. Remember, stop on in to the Huntington location of Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Mention Hockey Night New York and get half off the Selly delicious all week so thanks to blue line deli and bagels for sponsoring that segment now folks we're rolling through here we're going to get into some questions with chris we're going to get some questions on whatever you guys are are talking about there in the chat so we're going to take a quick break thanks so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night ny and your favorite podcast providers we'll be right back miss the days of mixtapes and arcades love the taste of a bold ipa or maybe an ice cold lager there's a place where all of those magical things come together lost farmer brewing company at 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for Islander fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the Isles' new home of Belmont where it's poured from taps throughout the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewing Company, the future of Long Island craft beer. It's time for Questions Brewing. Brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. That's right, folks. It is time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. So, Ed, Jay, what do you got there in the chat for us? What are the questions for Questions Brewing? How are we doing tonight, Sean? Yeah, Ed, taking over. Well, we fired Mike. Uh, he, had, yeah. <laughs> he had a run through. We fired Christian. We fired Mike. They're, they're both out now. They'll be back next week. Yeah, but. Uh, we'll start with this from, from uh, Mike. 4652co while I start scrolling up here. Question brewing for Chris and Sean both. Okay. If you could have been any Isle player in history, who would it be and why? You want to take that one first, Chris? <laughs> uh, the first one that comes to mind would be Clark Gillies, uh, the late Clark Gillies. Handsome. <laughs> loved. Okay. All right. Played with Brian Trotche and Mike freaking Bossy. Four Stanley Cups, Hall of Fame, beautiful family. I kid about the earliest stuff, although that's just, that's value added, right? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. A incredible, wonderful guy who lit up, hard to believe we're using past tense here, mm -hmm. uh, who lit up every room he was in. And as far as I know, and I also say this about Nystrom, is like never disappointed anyone so um i say that with envy i say that with pride but i also mostly say that with love um just an incredible inc 
incredible guy. And boy, just to, I, I don't play, I don't play well, but can you imagine playing one line, um, you know, just one shift with Mike and Brian? What an, what an incredible thing. That said, Clark was an equal one-third part of that partnership. Sure. No, great, great answer, Clark Glazen. What an interesting question. And this is something I never really thought about. So as, as you're giving your answer, I'm like, who, who would it be for me? Who would it be for me? And I'm going to go with Ziggy Palfi. <laughs> because who had better hair? Who never, who didn't have any line mates. <laughs> right, exactly. He was basically tugging on that rope on his own. Oh, he had Robert Reichel. Reichel was pretty Reichel. good. Brian Smolensky. Yeah, oh, those were the days. But, I mean, those were kind of my formative years as a, as a, growing up as an Islander fan. Like, that's really where I, I put my time in and, and came to love the team. Is You know, obviously I love torturing myself because <laughs> how bad they were back then. But uh, Ziggy Poffy was kind of a, the hero of mine. And, you know, he would get out there with those teams, as you, like you're talking about, scores 40 goals, um, long-flowing locks, number 68. Well, then he became number 16 wearing the Fisherman jersey. But, um I was always a fan. I mean, my number one guy has been and always will be Pat LaFontaine. But um, it would have been interesting to, to be Ziggy Palfi during those years. So oh, I'll yeah. go with that. And let me just, I just want to go back on the Gillies thing when I talk about him being handsome. And people are, <laughs> well, you're not wrong. But it, because also, like, and, and you're, those aren't things I necessarily thought about, you know, when I was, uh, I, I was in high school when they won the four, the four Stanley Cups when mm -hmm. I was in ninth through 12th grade. Um, but... I interned, a quick story, I interned for the Flyers, 86-87 season. Dave Poulin was the captain. Okay. Um, Dave, uh, hockey, the Hockey News had a um, poll of, believe it or not, the kind of thing you did in 1987, you wouldn't, probably wouldn't do now, of NHL player wives, and they asked them the, something like the handsomest or hottest guy in the, in the NHL. And Dave Poulin was the captain of the Flyers and, and was another guy who was terrific to this intern from LaSalle University, um, he won. Uh, he was voted. Okay. And uh, at the next game, Jay Greenberg, also recently passed away, Al Morganti, the writers, approached uh, Dave's wife and asked her about you know what she thought. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I was kind of surprised, but it was great. Uh, and, but she said, you know, it's probably not the way I would have voted if they asked me. And they said, who? And she said, Clark Kelly. Ah, okay. And I happened to be like standing there. I was like, Dave Pullen's wife. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's what makes me uh, think of Clark. He, he had it all. That's pretty funny. All right, Ed, what do you got for us? All right, the next one is from Melomania22. Okay. Ever active in our chat. Are you not worried about not having any net to this thing? Like maybe there's like some really awkward question coming our way or something. Well, you know, well, we, we tend to I'm filter through. We, yeah, we tend to filter through. We, They're we clean. I mean, I'm kind of up <laughs> for clean. ask me anything. Maybe like hold up the computer and show it. <laughs> this is a real. This is a real clean one. Nice and simple. Do we know which groups are playing against the Rangers tomorrow? I can say I don't. I yeah, think I speak I mean, for you as well. I mean, I, Kevin Kurz would know. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, he's listed. No, that's a good point, right? He's listed like the Lions, but it doesn't mean you can't have a bunch of other right. AHL types. So, I, you know, the Islanders keep things really close to the best, and I think <laughs> right. they will. I, I would, if I had to guess, I would say, you know, somebody like Andrew, the team itself, will give you an idea. They'll have that roster at around 10 or 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, Monday morning. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, we, we, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. All right. Next one from T Boyle 13. What do you got, Tom? Is Varley injured? 
Well, apparently it was a personal day. Apparently he took a personal day. I, I take that at face value. Maybe he had something going on at home, something, something going on with the family. He needed a day off, whatever the case may be. I don't see any reason why they would hold back on whether or not he's injured. If he was injured, they'd say so. So he's probably going to be back. You know, whether he's in the game tomorrow or not, we'll see. But I'm sure um, if, if all it was is a personal day, that's probably all it was. I don't, I don't doubt the yeah. team for a second. Having been there, you know, if you're going to fib once in a while, mm-hmm. you're going to do it in the playoffs. You're not going to tempt fate and drop things like, uh, oh, thanks, thanks, Sean. I'm in the middle of an answer here. We're just going to pop another beer here. How dare you, Sean. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the questions brewing segment. I was opening up my beer. Excuse <laughs> me. Go, Brought sorry, to you yeah. by Lost Farmer Brewing Company, by the way. <laughs> um, the, the, there's no way I believe it. Now, you know, you always hope it's minor. It could, it's personal. It could be literally anything, right? Uh, talking about Varlamov. Uh, there's no way that if he's got a little groin tweak or something like that, that they're going to hide it and call it a personal day. They would just say he's got a minor injury. So uh, no issue there. It is. As skeptical as I could be, as critical as I could be, folks, it's September 25th. It's <laughs> too early to start going into the Islanders uh, being totally forthcoming. No uh, no conspiracy theories no, just not yet. Here. All right, ask me again in a couple of months. Fair enough. All right, Ed, what else you got there? We'll do another one from Tom. He's got a few, actually. But, All right, uh, we'll, let's we'll go. We'll pick and choose. We'll try to find someone else. Uh, who has the best chance to make, it, uh, to make the team out, out of camp from Bridgeport? From Bridgeport? I mean, are we? I guess we're technically counting Robin Salo as a player from Bridgeport, yeah. right? So I would have to go with him. I mean, I think I think that sixth spot is his to lose next to Scott Mayfield. He has a little bit of competition, but you know, we we talked about it last week when Christian was here, and you know, it seems like Aho is kind of already penciled into that seventh defenseman spot. Maybe he impresses. Maybe Lambert gives him you know more of a chance here with with him at the helm. But I think you know, off the top of my head, Robin Salo is the first guy that's going to make the team from Bridgeport. And I would say like him or Grant Hutton. Okay. I, I think at some point you want your seventh defender to be somebody who you don't mind sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And whereas you want the kids or younger players playing all the time in Bridgeport. So I think it's something there. I, I, I'd be excited to, if you know, they're not going to hand Holmstrom a job unless yeah. he, he's, he's going to have to, over, over, overachieve in these next mm-hmm. two and a half weeks to earn that. So, like, I wouldn't put money on that. But if he does, what a great story. But just then if he does, now you're moving some bodies around. And as we've seen all off season, it's mm-hmm. not, oh, well if, well, if he makes it, we could do this, that, and the other thing. Well, those things don't always happen. So um, I'm with you. To, it would be in that sallow Hutton category. Yeah, I'm just not sure that there's anybody from the Bridgeport roster that's really made them put themselves on the radar enough. You know, now maybe you have some guys like Ratu and Dufour who you hope to see later on, but even they got to kind of cut their teeth down there. And, and Ratu got a taste last year, but I think, you know, some more seasoning is in order for guys like that where I think the, the list is, is, is a very small one. It would be different if, um, you know, Clutterbuck wasn't resigned and there was a spot, but there, there just aren't that many spots. Right. One other thing I just want to point out really unrelated to his question is sure. another theme for the start of the season, I think it's got to be, I understand coach isn't going to go to the players and tell them this, but some of it is a little bit like of we're the unwanted because the reason why some of those trades didn't get made Mm -hmm. is likely because teams decided a Beauvillier didn't do it for them to, you know, put him over the top or a Bailey. So you're all back and you're all Islanders. And I trust they're very happy to be Islanders, Mm -hmm. but also keep in mind, 
nobody was knocking down Lou's door to get you or to take your salary. Mm. Now that should inspire you to have your best season. I don't, I wouldn't suspect that those guys are going to, and and some of the others will have steps back. You know, you're playing for your Islander life or your NHL life. And, and um, they should keep that in mind if they needed an extra edge. That's my take. I don't know what yours is, but I, I just like, the reality might be you weren't in that much demand, just like they don't have many prospects in right. demand. So right. uh, it's just something to look out for. No, I, I think that's a great point. And I think especially with a new coach taking over, I mean, it's sort of a clean slate. It is. It, it, actually, it's a total clean slate. Right. And now now maybe Lambert, obviously, from being with the team already as an associate coach, he kind of maybe already has his guys. He kind of knows who he wants where and stuff like that. But, you know, I imagine he's also kind of in a position where it's like, okay, show me, guys. You know, this is... This is brand new. He kind of already said it himself. He was quoted as basically saying, you know, we're starting fresh here. It's a clean slate for everybody. Let's see what they got. Players are going to have to earn their spots here. So, you know, maybe there will be a surprise or two, but it's it's going to be, you know, limited to to maybe that one one or two potential forward spots. Like, you know, I, I talked about Matt Martin and Zach Parisi last week as maybe guys that could be supplanted, you know, at least in, in maybe not even overall, but for a couple of games here and there, they get spelled. You know that sort of thing, and then of course on on the defensive end, and and you know we're we're already markering guys like Salo and, and whatnot into the lineup, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be slim pickings as far as anybody coming up from Bridgeport, but you know injuries will happen unfortunately, and and you know you're gonna have guys that are eventually gonna get their shot, but um you know we're running up against the clock here, so what else you got there for us, Ed? All right, uh, this next one's from Coach Lanebert. I actually thought that was Lanebert, <laughs> but it's nice. actually it's with an N. All right, Lane-Bert. all right. All right, what's your guess at the number of games that Martin, Zizekas, Clutterbuck will play together this season? Ah, that's kind of a carryover from last week's discussion. Um, Three? (laughs) Um, I don't know, because like we said last week, there always seems to be one of those guys that are hurt, and you have Clutterbuck coming back from the shoulder injury. He's apparently healthy now. They're all going to, at least from the get-go, you know, be healthy, and they're going to be playing together. And that's assuming that Lambert even wants them playing together to start out. You know, we we speculated last week, you know, when are we going to see the the end of the best fourth line in hockey and that, you know, when do they potentially start plugging in a Ross Johnson or maybe even a Kiefer Bellows or something like that? You know, it's funny. When he first asked the question, I wasn't thinking of it as an injury question, like will these guys survive? Oh, or, like split the I was, lineup. I was literally just like thinking – you know, are they going to be the fourth line? Sure. Injuries aside. Right. And I think they will. Uh, Mm -hmm. And again, wherever that signpost moment in the calendar is, mid-December or so, where we've given this the shot that we have, now we can move forward with this group, or they're not good enough. But um, that's how I took it. And, and, you know, I, I think they are, when we talk about this theme of, you know, running it back, keeping the band back together, I think that does include those three guys. If Clutterbuck wasn't re-signed at the trade deadline, I would think otherwise, mm-hmm. but he was, so I think they're going to keep him together. All right. Let's With start. Ross Johnson subbing in and out, of course. All right. Ed, let's sneak one more in. You got one more for us? Yep. Potentially uh, the best last one we could have from <laughs> Mr. Donald Rosner himself. Of oh, Blue Line the Delhi. Delhi man. <laughs> All right. What are you doing up, buddy? You got to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Question is, does Sean want me to leave my poker trophy on set? He's never going to let that go. <laughs> I'm going to be hearing about that until I'm I'm de- old and dead. 
Uh, Donnie, uh, congratulations. I'm glad that you, you, you took it upon yourself to join the chat and remind us all that you, you won the Matt Martin Foundation Poker Tournament. You stayed up late just to let us know. That means a lot to us here. And, and look, pal, I mean, I don't know. How, how many times can I say congratulations, man? You did it. <laughs> I guess like, yeah, you know, just, maybe he should be hero of the week. Is that what he's Well, he was for? last he week. He was last week. <laughs> he was for winning the tournament. Yeah, no, he got he got his day in the sun. I didn't he know. He brought he the trophy in and everything. I didn't, I didn't everything. know he won, though. That's cool. Oh, yeah, he was gloating about it the whole time. It's impressive. <laughs> I mean, unless they were like. Yeah, now, I mean, now know. he'll tell you there were over 600 people playing. Okay, it was 500. Saying. All right, let's Still, let's let's be fair here. We're gonna impressive. we're gonna chop at least a hundred people. I didn't off. know about this. Yeah, yeah, big tournament over at Chateaubriand. I know, I knew about that, but I didn't know about him being the skilled poker player. He, I think I think he fixed it. Honestly, it's possible. Yeah, I think he slid he slid the foundation some money, a little extra cash. I don't know how he pulled it off, but yeah, I was there. I witnessed the whole thing, and he won. So congratulations. Donnie wants to remind you that it was six hundred people. Uh, of course, of course, wow. that's that's that goes without saying. Well, well, Donald, thank you for joining the chat. <laughs> thank you for the the wonderful question. And that's going to do it for questions brewing. Brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company with their fantastic Stable Shaker American Lager, an ode to the brand new UBS Arena. And I'm drinking the the Top Con IPA here, also quite nice. So there you have it, folks. That's it for questions brewing. And we're going to have to wrap it up pretty quickly, but I do want to toss one more question your way, Chris, before we do go. And there's been a lot of talk lately about Matt Barzell's contract, the fact that he's eligible to sign an extension here. He's saying all the right things, and people in Islander country have certainly heard those things before. So when you look at this scenario with Matt Barzell being the star player, being the, the, poster, the poster boy, if you will, for this New York Islanders team, uh, do you see this one going differently than when it went with number 91? I don't care one <laughs> bit about what Matthew Barzell has said, including sure. over the weekend about you know, like representatives and I, I'm not worried and all that. Um, I don't care about any speculation. I don't care about anything that anybody might report. What I feel like I know um, and in confidence, and this is like nothing to do with the you know, uh, you know, Tavares or anything else is that Matthew Barzell's next contract is going to be with the owners. Now, is it going to be everything that people might want it to be? There's, right. Well, there's no chance of that. It's too much, too many years, you know, too few years. But Matthew Barzell's next contract will be with the New York Islanders. All right, there you have it, folks. Matt Barzell's getting traded at the trade deadline. Hey, <laughs> you heard it here from thinks. Chris Bob. I don't. <laughs> He's going to be on the Islanders. He's going to be signed by the Islanders. Yeah, well, the difference here is he's still he's still a restrict, uh, restricted free agent, so it's not it's not the same situation yet that they had with number ninety one. So yes, I'm sure his next contract will be with the Islanders. The real question is how long is it going to be and and for how much money. So I'm hoping for eight years. We'll see. We'll see. No pressure. Well, I think I think it's time to wrap it up. So Ed, why don't you cue that outro music? Thank you very much, sir. So, folks, we want to thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash hockey Of course, your favorite podcast providers. A huge, huge thanks to Mr. Chris Botta here for filling in for Christian Arnold. I don't miss him at all. So, Chris, whenever you want to come back, welcome. That's an easy ride. And I <laughs> yes. enjoy it. Thank you. And no. a free beer. There you go. Free beer. Yes, but absolute pleasure having you on the show with us tonight. A huge thanks to Brian Compton at NHL.com for joining us. And, of course, a wonderful thank you to our sponsors, starting with Poker Chump, Donald Rosner's Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 
West Jericho Turnpike, an official partner of the New York Islanders, and of course, the best deli around. Huge thanks to RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway, right here in Rockford Center, the best place to catch the game when you can be at the game. And of course, our brand new sponsor, Lost Farmer Brewing Company, makers of the Stable Shaker American Lager. Big thanks to them, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mimiola. And of course, you can follow the show at Hockey Night NY at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow myself on Twitter at Shawnee Hockey. Follow Christian, who's not here, at C underscore Arnold zero one. Chris, where can we find you? At Chris Bava NHL. I've been too active on there lately, but you know where to go. Season start. we got to get in the mix. Hey, I right. don't know what I'm doing yet, but we'll figure it out. I'm just looking forward to watching the games and being in UBS. We got games starting tomorrow, so thanks, folks, for tuning in once again. My name is Sean Cuthbert. For Chris Botta, we've been Hockey Night in New York. We will see you next week. <laughs>